0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Powersports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey everybody, I have a special event here tonight. We're gonna to talk about Prem Nevada, the round 10 of the works. I have Jacob Stevens and Travis Damon. Uh, with me today they're gonna we're basically gonna all just co-host this thing and 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 talk together Jacob how are you today I'm good how are you doing I'm doing great man thank you so much for spending some time with us here at ATV Talk Travis how you doing tonight
1: I'm doing great
0: excellent again thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh round 10 was uh a fun round I had a lot of fun there we had a press conference on Saturday night which uh unfortunately Jacob you couldn't attend because you were being the good son and taking care of your parents which is is uh you get a special hats off pat on the back because that's where I would have been too so
2: yeah yeah they got sick and uh yeah we just I couldn't make it which was unfortunate but are they uh, feeling better now yeah yeah they're all better now
0: that's great that's great I know I talked to your dad on Sunday a little bit and he still was seemed to be under the weather
2: yeah yeah they were uh yeah, like a weird stomach bug all weekend, but yeah, they're doing better now. That's good.
0: That's good. So I expressed that I had a good time at round 10 at works. Um, it was a little easier. I wasn't working on anybody at one machine. I was helping a couple of different people out, but for the most part, I was just there to observe, take notes and uh, get ready for tonight. So uh, how did, how did your weekend go, Jacob, from uh, Friday to, uh, to, um, Sunday?
2: Um, It was a good weekend. Friday, we didn't get there until after the practice was over. Um, Saturday was good. Went out for practice. Uh, We changed the gearing for the race. Um, I tried it in practice. I wasn't super set on it going into the race, but we stuck with it. Um, The race was super good, though. Um, Yeah, racing against them East Coast boys, those guys were super fast. Travis was on a roll there. I was cooking. Um, So, yeah, we just uh, tried to get a good pace, and uh, I actually – the K-Rails K, roll, K rails got me good. I, I I didn't go through them the first couple of laps, and um, I tried it one lap. I got stuck and lost a bunch of time in positions, but um, it was good. I had a couple of mechanical errors, a couple of failures, but we're getting better each round, and um, yeah. Was that yeah. you?
1: Go ahead, Travis. Was that you on the K-Rail next to Bo on the first lap?
2: No, I didn't do it the first lap, so I did it maybe lap three, three or four, because oh, okay. I wanted to get in front of Hunter Hart, and – um I hit the K rail and I couldn't get over it. I wasn't hitting it fast enough. I was a little timid over it, but me and Sloan got stuck on it next to each other. Um oh, right. it's in the recap video, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get over it. It took me like five or six attempts to get over
1: it. Yeah, like came coming into the first lap, I was third going into the K rails and it was somebody on a Yamaha and then Bo were like stuck right next to each other. And I'm like sitting behind them, knowing I can't go backwards on the course. I'm like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. And there's like people going in the other ones next to it, like slowly passing us. I'm like, shoot, come on, let's go, let's go. And they finally got over it. But, I mean, I think everybody got a little hung up on those.
2: Yeah, they were tough. That was a tough, super tough pro section, especially if, I mean, I don't do nothing like that. The first time I did any sort of logs or rocks or anything was was Glen Helen. So it was it was new for me. It was interesting. I got over them. Which I was pretty confident about that, and looking forward to being able to do it next year if we see him again. Mm-hmm.
0: That was a very unusual um, pro section obstacle, if I would do say so myself.
2: Yeah it, was, yeah, it was. It was. It was gnarly. I mean, I was talking to GNCC boys before we we even raced, and they were like, "There's no chance I'm going over this thing. We're taking the cheater line every lap." <laughs>
0: Yeah. They go over trees and, and all kinds of other kind of obstacles. I just can't believe they were at all intimidated by K rails.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know that I don't think Hunter or or um Josh went over it once.
0: Hunter got hung up on the last lap. Oh, did he? Yep.
2: Yeah. I had to do it once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did. I, I don't I didn't ask Josh. I don't remember if he tried it or not you know yeah, i'm
2: not i'm not sure i know when we were me and him were battling at the end of the race we had a great battle actually he came out of nowhere i had a little bit of a gap on him and then like a little bit of time went by and he was like out of nowhere right on me so, a little bit of a good battle until um my clutch fell on me but yeah they were they were riding good
0: yeah that, that that uh when you guys uh heard that the that the boys from the east cross-country series were coming out uh what was your initial thought travis i
1: was uh i was stoked to have them out and then kind of like oh man i gotta race the bike right before it like i want to i want to go race him with like all my energy or whatever but um i was stoked to see them out and it kind of makes me want to go back there and try to race them on their home turf and see how we'd stack up in the trees and stuff like that
0: Well, as long as you're not trying to go super fast, you'll probably be okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've ever ridden a a quad near trees.
0: Um, yeah, trees are not your friend. I don't; those guys are superhuman, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I've watched some GoPro videos, and they move through those things.
0: Yeah, that's it's incredible. It's incredible. And and Jacob, you're a motocross guy, turning off-road guy and the trees are not in your repertoire either
2: no absolutely not i uh actually when we were training in texas the one year i was with with wesley wolf down there and he built a a little gncc loop at the ford's place and he asked me to come ride it with him one day he's like oh it's wide enough for an mx bike like you'll be fine you'll be fine i think i did one lap i probably crashed six or seven times (laughs) couldn't (laughs) stay away from the trees (laughs) wow yeah.
0: After Saturday practice, uh, Jacob, did you come up with a specific strategy, knowing that y- you got to see a little bit of Josh and, and Hunter, um, as well as Travis and, and Bo and Mike? Uh, did you come up with a specific strategy that you thought was going to help you, knowing that you had an hour and a half and a, and a hot pit to go through?
2: Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I was thinking about it all the way up to the race, knowing those boys were coming. I knew they were going to be fast. Um, I knew Travis was gonna be ripping. I knew Bo and Sloan, they were all gonna be super fast. So my goal was to pretty much just try to get into a good pace and uh not really get fatigued and fit, felt fall off as much. Um, which I think I did pretty well. I think I that was the best I felt so far. Um, maybe not speed wise, but sure, endurance wise I felt the best so far coming back to off-road. Um but yeah, it's just pretty much wanted to get into that pace. Um and stay in that pace. I just wanted to have consistent laps and be consistent. And I think I could have fought for a podium spot towards the end with every, with how everything fell off, but um, a couple mechanical problems and put me out, but I was happy with how I did.
0: Well, Travis, how about you? Did you come up with a specific strategy after Saturday practice?
1: Um, After Saturday practice, I, uh, I knew I had to get a good start and I knew if I could smash the K rail hard enough and get over it clean on the first lap that I might be able to gain a little bit of time. Um, I had some practice on the K rail before the race, knowing that I had to do it on the bike, but I uh, wasn't sure if we were doing it on the quad until at the riders meeting when they said it, or Saturday I asked some of the officials and they said we are gonna do it. So I was like, all right, well I need to use that to my advantage and, and try to get out a little bit of a gap everybody. Cause I knew I was gonna be a little tired going into that race.
0: How could you be out of the loop? You are one of the works guys.
1: <laughs> I only drive the hooker car. If, if you're side-by-side brakes, I hook you up and bring you back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's, I guess that's one way to be in it, but you still hang out with those guys and talk with those guys quite a bit. Um, I figured you'd have had the inside track on this.
1: They, they try not to give me too much inside information just with conflict of interest.
0: Uh, that's totally true.
1: Yeah. And I think Dane likes to mess with me too.
0: To give you false information so that you think one thing and then have to write Yeah, it, you know? They'll
1: send me pictures of all this crazy stuff. I get to the race and they're like, I thought we were doing that. No, I was just messing with you.
0: <laughs> okay. I watched the start and very seldom do I watch as closely as I do. Normally the, the, the first 10, 20 feet. And then I walk away and I watched all the way to the second turn where you and Bo were side by side, and Jacob, you were right there with them too.
2: Yeah. So the whole shot was terrible for me. That was the first time I ever did a dead start, and I was not prepared for it at all. Um, but I got out. I mean, I got the bike going, and I was right there in the back. But going into the first couple of corners, I, it seemed to me like a lot of people in the back were a little bit timid with with the dust and with everybody grouped up. And I was just like drilling outside lines to get up and up in front as fast as I could. And I think I made it all the way up into like third or fourth and um, they all jumped right into the K rails and I chickened out and picked the chicken line. And after the chicken line, they were like already in the corner at the end of the, at the end of the um, trophy truck track before I was even out of the chicken line. So I lost a little bit of time there, but yeah, I I powered through the whole shot. I was trying to just get up as fast as I could.
0: Travis, how did it, how did it work out for you? You were, side by side with Bo when I seen you guys in that Sandy right hand or left hand turn um you you were next to him how did you end up in third
1: I uh I want to say I was maybe fourth to like close to like that first little bend of the straight on the start and then I just held it on the outside and me and Bo came over that table next to each other and um I think or i they ended up giving me the whole shot for that, but he had that inside line for that first corner on the berm, so I had to check up a little bit and then dove, dove in behind him and another Yamaha rider, which I thought was Jacob, but it, it might have been somebody else because they got stuck on the K-rails together.
0: I, it had to have been Josh.
1: Yeah, it must have been Josh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that uh, he, had, he had a pretty incredible ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I talked to Josh earlier in the year and, in his deal before he would do the podcast, he wanted to have something to tell me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's not what this is all about. It's all about, you know, uh, your story and, and how you get to ride and then listening to what he had to say about Ironman and then him coming out and, and putting in a fourth place and a good solid ride. I mean, he was breathing down Hunter's neck at the finish line. Yeah. So I, I was pretty impressed with him, and Gallagher put in a good ride, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty stacked, like top five or six riders were all right there.
0: Um, Sloan was dead last.
1: He passed me during the race. I, somehow, I, I, he, he, posted
2: something on, he posted something on Instagram. I, I don't know if it was a mechanical failure or, or something broke on, on the last lap or second to last lap or something. Yeah, I, I, I saw,
1: seen
2: him, I seen saw him that he was down in, the road yeah yeah i don't i i because when i broke he came around that next lap and he was in second mm-hmm. and i was like dang because he was behind me in the beginning of the race because he got stuck on them k rails and then when he passed me he was he was gone i mean he was hitting that pro line and i was losing so much time on that pro line but he was gone and then when i broke down i saw him in second and then the next lap he didn't even come around so i don't i don't know exactly what happened to him but yeah
0: yeah i didn't hear anything about what happened to him at all i just uh knew that you know, the last, he was missing on the, the last two laps. Mm-hmm. You, you saw him rolling down a, a fire road on the way back?
1: Uh, yeah, it looked like he was pushing it down like that service road along the track, the paved one. It looked like he was pushing it towards the pits or something, but I couldn't really tell what was going on.
0: But, hey, I'll tell you, that kid's got some grit because we were in, uh, um, gosh, at, at Laughlin, at the UTV World Championships. And we tried to squeak an extra lap out. Instead of doing instead of gassing it two, we gassed it three. Uh, and he ran out of gas way in the back and pushed that bike all the way into where he could they could hand him a, a water bottle full of fuel to put in there to ride it to the pits.
1: Oh wow. That's
0: yeah it was way
1: back there too.
0: Yeah, he was way out there, and he pushed, he ran, he ran, he didn't just push running that like, and, and uh, quite a few people came up after the race, and Patty ran back, I mean, it kept us in, it kept us in a a good finish, you know, I think we ended up second, or something like that, and, or third, maybe fourth, I don't know, we, it was a good finish, because of that, if we would have just sat there, we would have got, like, ninth.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
0: so he the kid's got grit he's never he's never gonna roll over and quit
1: so yeah he passed me like a wild banshee out there he's on the side of the track like jumps back in in front of me we're bumping tires and stuff
0: that's awesome and did you even know he was there
1: um i seen him coming like a lap before i kind of like where the track kind of crosses and stuff you can kind of keep an eye on people and he i seen him coming for sure and then it was like boom he was right on me and I I didn't have too much energy to – it was finish the race or battle with him for a lap, so I was like, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and then I ended up seeing him down the road.
0: Wow. Did you know when you came across uh, the finish line that you would got second? Yeah. Yeah, so you were counting spots? hmm
1: Yeah, and then uh, Rick in the pits told me I, I was second, just finished.
0: That's awesome. I was giving most of you guys hand signs when you'd go by when I was standing over in the dirt. But
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I seen you over by the corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I stayed in the asphalt for a little bit, you know, um, at the end, you know, right close to your pit, Travis. Yeah. Wanted to see how things were going and be there if somebody needed you. And um, unfortunately, I couldn't help you, Jacob.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the I fried that clutch. It was the gearing and I mean, it's, I wouldn't entirely blame the gearing's fault. I was just, we we went up in teeth and on both sprockets and it was just lugging so much and I wasn't used to how it was riding. And I was just all over the clutch.
0: I think it was motocross
2: clutch. Yeah. Yeah. I was just all over it, all over it. It was, it was bad. It was not a good, not a good show. (laughs) So
0: when you set your strategy, Travis, for the K rails, Mm hmm did it work out for you in your mind for the whole race that, that that's what put you in second place?
1: Um, I'm sure it helped. I got over them every lap pretty clean. I never really got hung up on them. I hit the linkage a couple of times real hard, but luckily the Honda linkage is a little more forgiving.
0: Yeah, that's pretty stout stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Um, on your first lap, when you were third over the K-Rails, how long did it take you to get in second?
1: Uh, Bo got over the K rail and then I passed for second going over the K rail.
0: So you were right behind Bo then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I chased Bo for, I want to say three laps. And then I knew I had to back it down or I was going to tire out way too much. Did he know you were there? Yeah. He said he knew I was there.
0: Yeah, he, he, he wanted to make a statement. I believe. Um, I think he still got a little salt in the wound from Hetrick coming out and uh doing so well against him in, in mm-hmm. his backyard uh what do you think jacob
2: yeah no, i agree i agree he uh i mean i'm, I'm i wouldn't am i say that he was he was super super upset but this is both territory you don't you don't want to lose to nobody out here so i definitely think that he was going for going for the checkers no matter what even though even before the race he told me he's like oh you know i'm just gonna go ride i got the championship locked up i'm, I'm not gonna go hurt myself and in the back of my head i said you're you're just telling yourself a story before you, that gate drops and you're going to be on the gas like you usually are. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Saturday night when we were doing the press conference, those guys were goating him pretty hard.
2: Yeah. Hunter's a tr- he's so funny, dude. On the line, you should have heard him talking right when the flag, like, we're ready to throw the flag. Everybody's ready to start their bike. And he yells over to Bo about getting milkshake and burgers, like, while everybody's start- <laughs> ready to start. <laughs>
0: oh, <that's
2: laughs> he's a funny so kid. Cool.
0: That is so cool.
2: And he was probably serious. Hey, man! Oh yeah, he told he, right right when we're sitting there. He looked at me. He's like, "Hey, I peed my pants." I'm like, "Dude, come on!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that is too funny. And it, you know, and he's it's all a game with him. It's all a mental game with him.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was he was definitely playing the mental game, but he's a funny kid. He likes to he likes to have fun for sure.
0: Uh, I I enjoy talking to him. You know, the burnout deal at the end of the race with
2: yeah, with that was cool. Out. I w- I didn't get to say for that, but I saw it on Instagram. That was, that was super cool. That was awesome.
0: Oh yeah. That, that just doesn't happen. I mean, we just don't do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to get a little more wild and crazy, you know,
1: do it for the gram. That's right. (laughs)
0: Hey, you got to do something to get everybody motivated about (laughs) it. Yeah. So when you're out there and let's go, let's change it up a bit here. I know that, you rode the dirt bike and I was watching you and monitoring your positions and and making sure that uh, you were safe for the quad. You know, not that I don't care about your finish for the bike, but uh, I was still seeing how you were doing, checking in with everybody. Um, What were you thinking when you were out there riding the bike?
1: Um, My plan on the bike was do uh, like two or three laps at a sprint so I could get out in a good position and then kind of cruise to the finish because really I only needed to finish the race to secure my spot in the points for fourth and uh I ended up running into a bike issue so that brought my I was trying to keep my heart rate down but I was stressing out about getting getting at least half the lap so I got points for the race and stuff so we uh we made a fuel pump uh switch in the pits and I got back out there and ended up finishing eighth still so it, all in all, it wasn 't a too bad of a weekend on the bike, either, but I definitely rode conservative for the quad race after
0: that 's pretty awesome mm-hmm. Jacob, did any of you and any of the other competitors talk about the fact that Travis was riding a motorcycle for two hours before the race?
2: Yeah, me and uh Logan Huff actually watched we watched the whole pro race and we were standing over in the pro section and we were watching Travis on the first couple laps, and i 'm like i'm like dude he 's ripping i 'm like is he going to stay at this pace? I'm like, he's going to be tired for the, pro, the quad race. And then Logan was like, I don't know, dude, he's, he's on a mission right now. So we watched for a while. And then I saw him pull, we walked over to, the, to where the triple was and we saw him pull into the pits and lose some spots. And then I could see that he was, he was dialing it back a little bit to save himself. And I'm impressed. Dude. That was a lot of racing on, a, on, on one day. And it was impressive to see what you did that day.
1: Oh, dude, I went to work Monday and I didn't do anything. Oh, I dude just- I pointed at stuff that needed to be done and told people to do it. I was
2: spent. Oh, I believe it. I'm spent after just the hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, um, Gilbert, the EMT
1: gave me an IV in between races. And I think that was a game changer for sure. If I didn't get that done, it would have been a lot more harder day.
2: Yeah. I believe it. That was, dude, it was impressive. Hats off dude.
1: Seriously. I appreciate it.
0: Do you think that any of the other pros were thinking about Travis? Because or or were they even worried about it at all
2: Uh, i would think i would think so yeah um i mean it's uh, going into it it's hard to even like fathom how tired he could be after two hours on a bike and then an hour and a half on a quad i'm sure everybody had it in the back of their head that that he was going to be a little tired but um i knew he was gonna i knew he was gonna be ripping on the quad i knew i knew it even though he was gonna be a little tired i knew he was still gonna be there
0: Yeah, because he's a motorcycle guy and he hasn't uh, been atop the box uh, at works consistently, which it's changing, obviously, with the last two rounds, putting himself on there twice in second, um, it it, it seems that the ATV riders are taking note. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm directing that more at you, Jacob.
2: Yeah, no, I... I agree. He, he, I mean, even looking on Instagram, I follow the series and everything and uh, coming out, I, I didn't really know what to think about anybody. I didn't, you know, people I didn't know about people. I didn't you know, know personally. I didn't know what to think. And then you know, at the end of the year, he's really, he's really picked it up. And I think, you know, the, the, the pace that he holds on a quad and a dirt bike, it's just, it's hard to beat.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that 41 year old Bo, Beau is is thinking about it in the back of his head that there's three or four guys that are going to knock on the door here soon. Um, and, I mean, you can't take anything away from nine-time champion, mm-hmm. but but 41.
1: Yeah. Hey, the young guy's got to make that 10th championship <laughs> a little harder, though. <laughs> That's right.
2: That's right. No matter how much I love to see him win, I'd love to take the position from him. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what number really matters in racing? One. Number one, always. I mean, that's the guy. That's the that's the guy that that carries it all, and and that's the only buddy that anybody ever talks to. And and you know, you uh, when you get to stand in that corner and be on that team, it's a pretty awesome feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I think it is, anyways. Oh yeah. I so <laughs> after we after we get to the halfway, like the hour point, did. Jacob, did you think that anything was gonna change with the cross country guys making a, a, a huge climb forward? Or did you guys think the works guys were gonna hold their own?
2: Um, I thought whoever was out front, because obviously the three of us, me, uh Josh and Hunter were taking that chicken line the whole time. So I knew that I knew the people out front that were taking the pro line. I knew they were gonna stay up up front pretty good. Um, but I did not. I, I knew the 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 GNCC guys' pace was going to be good. And halfway in, the in the position I was in, I could still see Hunter, but I couldn't see Joey behind me. Because like even Travis said, he said there were some spots on the track that you could kind of peek over your shoulder and see who was behind me. I didn't see Joey. And then out of the blue, and maybe I wasn't paying attention, I think like the hour mark is when like he was like, boom. Like I started seeing him inch up. And then like next thing I know, he was all over me. And it was kind of frustrating because I felt great. I had energy. I wasn't you know, getting fatigued. You know, my hands hurt a little bit. They just get destroyed. I don't know how to prevent that, but I was just kind of trying to uh, truck through it. And I was a little disappointed in the clutch thing because we were having a good battle and he was pushing me to where I was pushing myself to keep that pace and go faster. And um, I wish I could have stayed in it because I think we both could have caught Hunter and, and had a little three-way battle there for the end.
0: Do you think when your conditioning level gets to that point, you'll be able to carry more of a a closer motocross pace?
2: Yeah. Um, um I don't know if it's gonna be my full like motocross sprint pace ever. I don't even know if that's possible because I mean if I sprinted like that, I would it's hard to it's hard to even make it a couple laps. So I don't know that I'll ever get to my full sprint pace, but I think definitely um I'm gonna take take this this little break that we have before january and i'm gonna i'm gonna put in some work i want to i want to be able to have a, a strong pace going into next year and and i want to finish on the box for sure that's awesome that's how awesome.
1: long were the uh moto races that you were doing
2: so the pro race is only uh 18 minutes plus two laps oh wow so but like full on board sprint it's tough dude 20 minutes yeah. on a moto track is it's tough on a full outboard full out sprint i mean even like six seven laps is like. You know, you get pretty pumped up on a motocross mm-hmm. track. So, like, it's going from doing 20-minute motos to an hour-and-a-half moto. It's it's such a different game. And and I've told many people, like, the pace that you have in Sloan and Bo, like, it's just that pace that you guys set. It's it's tough to keep up with.
0: <laughs> Is Was it surprising that the off-road guy's pace was as fast as it was?
2: Um, Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it, I was a little surprised because um, I knew – like Davy came out and raced at Loretta's. And um Logan came and raced at Loretta's and they were ripping. But when I was looking at lap times, I had a couple seconds on both of them. And I saw that Davy was was when he raced that that works race earlier in the year, he led like four laps. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, dang, like if he led four laps and he's telling me he's getting tired in five laps on an MX track, and I still have that little bit of speed on him. I, I felt pretty confident coming into it. But then once you line up and actually do it, it, that that pace is is it was unexpected.
0: And well, you also started chasing Bo right off.
2: Yeah. Especially a mesquite. When I was when I was chasing Bo on that first lap. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, if this dude holds this pace for for the rest of the moto, I'm like, I'm, if I hold this pace, I'm I'm gonna have to pull off in two laps because I'm gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well you and guys know that's his game like he's trying yeah it's it's intense it's an intense you know his game right what and sprint he, in the beginning and then get away yeah.
0: set the pace so high that you guys are are, are going to think that yeah. and you mentally you mentally seize before he does oh, yeah, it works. and then, and then he works well then he cruises yeah yeah you know i mean it's uh it's a it's a game that i've watched for years and years and years and and he'll deny most of it i mean (laughs) what what super fast guy would give his give his tips away secrets yeah way you know i mean so it's i know how eichner used to do it eichner used to just go out there and go as as almost as fast as he could the whole race that's
2: that's intense i don't even It'd be like years of, of training to get to that point. I don't know that you could do it in a couple months. You'd have to, it, it would have to be a, a years of buildup.
0: Well, it was, you know, you check checked the lap times and, and the, his last lap is his fastest lap. That's,
2: that's <laughs> impressive. Cause even when I look at the works lap times now, I can see like everybody kind of fades just a little bit. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's impressive dude, to have the last lap, fastest lap after an hour and a half in
0: yeah it's just Ugh. it was just nuts, and the guy was in his he was deep into his forties yeah that's crazy yeah i mean i, I should I'm not, I'm not supposed to be promoting that, but uh when you got to watch the final little bit of the race um Jacob, and you saw how it was shaken down, did you expect to see Bo with the lead that he had
2: um maybe not as much of a lead that I, that I would expect it. I haven't, I haven't watched a pro race, so I don't really know where he finishes or how far out front that he usually finishes. Um, but it was a pretty decent, decent gap. I mean, I knew Travis was, had to be a, at least a little bit, of, a little bit tired after that dirt bike race. So I'm sure he could have gave it a little bit more if he, if he didn't have to race a dirt bike before, but I mean, he, he had a pretty, pretty large gap going into that, into that checkered flag. Yeah, that was,
0: it was impressive. It was yeah. Impressive.
2: Um,
0: How was the course? I mean, what was the, what was the layout like for you?
2: Um, it was, it it was very different. Nothing I'm used to. And like Mesquite, Mesquite was very much like a Redbud track where it's just like pounders through the corners and you could tell that, you know, quads made the roughness, but the dirt bikes, how, how it, how it panned out, you know, you had a lot of side to side, um, roughness, which was, was tough. It was it was a tough course after riding it after the dirt bikes on a quad at least i think I, travis would probably know more because he rode both but it was definitely tough on a quad um but it, it it had its it had its sections that were super fast and and flowy but and then it had the sections that were like you had to to kind of go slow through them or it was just going to beat you up too much
1: mm-hmm.
0: travis what was your overall assessment of the track
1: um On the bikes, it was way smoother. <laughs> I believe quads, that. Everything was so side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you come into a corner, and it's like one side of your quad just smashing through whoops because that's like that's like where the bike rut was, and it was just like one side just pounding the other sides on smooth stuff, and then it's like you get out anywhere out of that rut, and it was so deep that it would just slow you down, so you just had to take some of those bumps, and mm-hmm. it was it definitely broke down a lot differently than any of the tracks having the bikes go before them and then um a lot of the corners were shaped different because it like the class before us on the quads they kind of shaped the ruts that we were riding and i think they went with the bike ruts so like you'd have that one deep outside rut so your quad was like tilted a lot i felt like i'd hang off the inside mm-hmm. a lot more
2: yeah so it, I, it I, how, how do you think how do you think it would have been going the other way around quads first and then dirt bikes Obviously it would have been smoother on the quads, but yeah. how do you think how do you think it would have been on dirt bikes? You think it would have been just as is, smooth and eat? Like just as smooth, or do you think it would have been harder to ride a dirt bike?
1: Um, I know when I first started racing works on the bikes, it was uh like quads and bikes were on the same weekends. huh And I just remember being able to just rail the outsides everywhere because the quads would just push all the fluff out, but the bikes like that. So we'll just ride right on that edge of the fluff and it'd just be like ruts everywhere but crossing the quad ruts yeah. like train tracks or whatever it would it'd catch your front wheel and like i i ate crap uh i think it was last year practicing and i crossed some old quad ruts and i got a bunch of liquid in my knee because just because it crossed my oh, bar yeah. so i mean i feel like it's worse for both yeah in yeah. different ways
2: <laughs> yeah i could i could see that for sure <laughs> let me ask you this
0: question Travis If because you're a motorcycle guy and an ATV guy mm-hmm. who's tougher the quad guys or the bike guys
1: there's a lot more complaints coming from the bike guys on pro sections I didn't hear one complaint from the quad guys they were worried about it which is cool because it's pro section I mean we're supposed to be worried about it but the dirt bike guys are prima donnas I think sometimes wow
0: you think you're going to catch some flack from the motorcycle guys for that
1: yeah it is what it is <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: they're I'm already, already probably that. mad at me anyway because i'll call them out
0: <laughs> no you gotta love it you gotta love yeah. it uh dean did not race the whole race did he who's dean uh i'm sorry oh dane Dane. Sorry, no he man.
1: did one lap sorry he's dane. In- He said it was too rough. He wanted to watch instead. How many laps
0: did he do? Did he say,
1: I think he did one or two laps. Wow. He said, I participated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. That's too funny. What, uh, what do you guys think of the online, the online, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, but the, uh, information or the uh chatter that went back and forth about hetrick and glenn Helen.
2: i don't really know uh, anything about yeah, it i'm not sh- i'm not sure i saw much about it
0: okay i talked to joel and he was pretty upset that the on uh the online community kind of threw him under the bus really, really? yeah he said he came out to a, uh, a motocross race that was an off-road race and it was shortened and he didn't even ride a real off-road race
2: huh so he's not yeah, doing that. That. which is crazy because we ended up doing like 75 minutes anyway which i mean isn't isn't an hour and a half and i would say that glenn helen wasn't as rough as you know mesquite or prim but it was a tough I mean, it was a tough course i'd still give him credit for for holding off you know the number one guy for still you know 70 minutes
1: yeah i mean his laps were consistent and yeah he rode great
2: well, yeah, because Bo
0: didn't say anything. Bo freaking raised his hand and shook his hand and says, "Hey, whoop my ass!" And it, yeah, it, yeah, it was a great experience. And you know, I hope he comes back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We all had to race the same course.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We all had to race the same course and the same length. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's any. It was. It was much easier than any of the races that, that we've done since.
1: Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, if I was going to go race a GNCC, I'd definitely choose one that I might do better at than the other.
2: Oh well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> On an open sand track, no trees, no mud. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, Travis, they don't have that.
2: No, they don't. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. Even when they go race in Florida, still trees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I've never seen a
0: cross-country race that didn't have mud and trees. No. Yeah. <laughs> so i'm I'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go back east and ride in the mud in the trees yeah
2: and i also got some stuff from from people before i even came out out west and they were like why don't you go do some gncc races i'm like it's not the same i'm like i don't don't have to ride with trees out west i'm just gonna go for the go out west cold and and run it
1: yeah i think the works is closer to moto anyway yeah
2: it definitely translates more over to moto. I mean, no disrespect to the GNCC guys, but Hunter Hart's a top dog on the GNCC world. You know, he, he's won some motos. He podiums a lot. He's a fast, fast dude in the woods. And, um, to see what he did, which he did phenomenal third place. He killed it. And then what Joel did, I mean, you can kind of see right there that, that moto translates into this stuff a lot more than, than the woods do.
0: Well, okay. Break this down for me, guys he ran a narrow setup
2: yeah i was i was kind of scratching my head on that but i talked to him about it and i asked him i'm like dude how do you think you're going to do on the narrow setup he's like i've never ridden anything different so it's just my bike that i'm comfortable on i'm just going to go ride it so i think that it worked out for him because that's what he's comfortable with i think if he would have switched to a wide setup he would have been a little uncomfortable and maybe he wouldn't have rode as fast um i don't think it was a terrible idea Um, It might have helped also because of all the dirt bike ruts, (laughs) but I don't think it was a bad idea. What do you think, Travis?
1: I really don't even know what to think. I've uh, only ridden the setup that I've ridden. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I'm sure – I mean, it makes sense to ride what you're used to because that's what you're going to do the best on and then less chance of getting hurt because you know exactly how it's going to react and it's different dirt and different layout, but you're still riding a quad.
0: Yeah. He yeah. messaged me and asked me and I asked him point blank. I said, do you believe in your heart that going to the wide setup is going to make you faster? Mm-hmm. He said, no. And I go, well, there's your answer. He says, I can't answer for you. You have to answer what's inside of you. And he said, great. You know, and that was the end of the conversation. I mean, he just, uh, I was kind of, uh, shocked that he had asked my opinion um, but I was more than happy to to give it to him.
1: You know. Now, how much how much uh, skinnier is their setup towards ours?
0: He's forty six inches wide. Yeah, we're forty inches
1: at forty yeah, nine fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah,
0: we're all over fifty. Yeah, we're all over fifty in the front because yeah. if you pull it to full droop, you'll make it through the fifty inch wide measuring sticks. Yeah, if you push it to full yeah. bottom, I think the I won't. think
2: the the mx tech is 50 inches right the tech shoe that we have to go through i believe it's 50 inches and so, in the old days we had to yeah. pull like the, the front of the bike up yeah
0: pull it up to, so that the shocks were at full droop yeah i've done that it the front end up to yep. make it cool. yep mm.
2: which is kind of crazy because you can do that trick and to pass tech, you could just put the spacers on your axle differently, and then just go change them back. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that do that stuff.
0: Well, the the rears generally narrower than the front.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit a little bit narrower.
0: Well, at least the way I set them up, I like. Yeah. I like that little bit more traction you get out of the little bit narrower rear. Yeah. Travis doesn't know the difference because I set it up and he just rides it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, if
0: if nobody, oh, I don't know if everybody knew that I worked on your bike, Travis.
1: Oh, yeah. That's why I've been finishing
0: <laughs> well thank you I, he he's definitely a uh he's definitely a rough student yeah you know he not he doesn't tear up too much stuff but um getting him to understand some of the things that you need to look for, he doesn't totally understand that game yet and I think as he becomes more seasoned um uh, mm-hmm. he's just gonna understand the setup better. And understand what needs to happen and then
1: he's just going to get faster and faster yeah that's when when i was working on them they're so different from the bikes like i know exactly what to look for on the bike where the fail points are and what i need to look for in the quads it's just i feel like double the work double the fail points
2: double the work for sure <laughs> yeah
0: um i think once you know them i mean jacob you've been working on quads a long time and yeah once you know how to work on them I think that uh, it, it's all relevant. You that's fair. You can um, speed through it. I mean and work on it as, I okay. I watched the guys the the KTM factory guys change a tire on one of the uh I think it was one of the Pro Am guys, and I was kind of disappointed in the speed, and it's nothing against these guys, nothing against them at all. I'm not trying to call them down or say anything bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a lot longer in this situation, you have the tools, you have the tire, you have everything sitting there and and the rider rode by and you saw the deficiency, you were ready. And it still took, you know, a better part of a minute. I mean, which it was fast. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I mean, they changed four tires at, at an F one race in 2.4 seconds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean a rear tire rear tire on a dirt bike, I'm sure is a little little bit more difficult than changing any tire on a quad, but I don't know that the front would be any harder. I feel like it would be a little bit easier.
0: Uh it, if the forks rot- rotate on you, it's harder.
2: Yeah. Yes. I don't know much about working on dirt bikes, so <laughs> um I
0: mean I've watched the Honda guys do it in you know, seconds. Yeah. Off on. Zap. The bolt comes out, the tire comes off because or it it slides forward the chain's looped they slide it off they they, they the, the second one's going in as the first one's coming out and, and they're throwing the chain over the sprocket at the same time i mean it's just it's just so fast and then they pull that thing back and the stops are there the same size rear sprocket the chain's already adjusted and and you just bam they tighten the nut and freaking the, they've gassed it at the same time i mean mm-hmm. And and I'm not trying to to call anybody out or say anything negative. It's just it was just I I wasn't as as excited about that. Plus everybody runs inserts. Well, what do you run inside your tires, Travis?
1: I run foam mooses.
0: And you never have tire issues, right?
1: No. Um. Well, I've broken a couple of beads on the tire and like ripped them rim locks out, and then the. The rim will spin inside the tire, but other than that, I never have a problem with them.
2: What, you run a tubeless system on them then?
1: Yeah, we don't – I don't have air in my tires. I just have like – it's kind of like a, just a thing of foam that you just put in there and put it yeah. on the rim.
0: That's interesting. It's it's a similar concept to the the tire blocks mm-hmm. or even a tire ball, um, you know, just because you have to prevent flats. Yeah. You know, I mean it's just it's just the way it is. Uh have you heard any rumblings about the ch- time changing for next year as far as the length of the race?
1: Um, I think they're staying with the hour and a half.
0: I think that's pretty good for works. I yeah. mean, I'd like to see a an occasional uh two hour.
1: Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Jacob almost fell out of the chair. 60 minutes. Let's go back to 60 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I know we're a little off the prim topic, but, but if we talk about breaking the season down, you know, when they have the doubleheader weekends, mm-hmm. when they have two rounds and weekend, why doesn't he split the race and just do an hour race on Saturday and an hour race on Sunday for the pros?
1: Um, I told, I asked him about that and it's just too hard to fit in the schedule with this all the side-by-side and stuff like that because we're in the middle of the day and not at the end of the day like the bikes are
0: who cares about the side by side i know (laughs) oh did i say that in my outside voice
2: Uh, i got a question how come for the double headers when we race with the dirt bikes how come they don't run like quads on saturday dirt bikes on sunday
1: that's a good question
2: i feel like that would be more more efficient or or vice versa dirt bikes on saturday quads on sunday because I mean i'm sure everybody can make it there for a friday practice if if they had to yeah i mean i know i don't show up until saturday just because we have the option of practicing saturday as well so mm. but if i didn't have an option i would show up friday practice and then i would race saturday uh, yeah you know because if you did yeah. like an all quad day like all the quads race in one day and then all the dirt bikes racing one day and then you have like a perfect track condition for both
1: i would have liked that way more <laughs> yeah
2: that would have been way way better okay yeah. what
0: about a normal schedule? where they broke you broke up the pro-am so you race pro-am a b and c are not pro-am but production a mm-hmm. production b production c and run a pro production race and then later in the afternoon run an open race the same way and let the pros instead of having practice let them have a, a, a 50 minute race so that they can earn a little bit of extra money
2: Yeah. I'd like that too. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be
1: pretty cool. Yeah.
0: I think so too. I mean, that's when, when the ATV series was all just straight ATV Mm -hmm. because it could support itself. That's how they did it. The pros got two chances on Saturday to ride, you know, 50 minutes long and you you know uh, then you had your hour and a half race on Sunday i know we're a little off topic here but yeah Yeah, i think i think
2: it'd be i think it'd be cool to even if they didn't do do a race to do like a qualifying kind of like they do in moto where you're like kind of forced to do like a super fast lap you know that i mean even if it would just determine gate pick or if um i know that at at the mx series they do a uh, whole shot championship award and they do a fastest qualifier championship award and even if they made it like a you know thousand dollar purse for both and it was like Mm a you you know you earned a point per position you finished in each qualifier in each hole shot and then that that would be also a little you know extra money in somebody's pocket at the end of the year yeah and it would give us more incentive to kind of turn it up in practice just for a gate pick Mm because I mean it's it kind of sucks I mean not not that I was too upset about it but I mean they do they do gate pick by where you stand in the championship and for somebody like me or Joel or Hunter Hart and, and, um, Joey to come out and race, we're, we're stuck with, you know, a dead last gate pick. And I think it would be a little bit more efficient for, or give people a little bit more of an incentive to come out and, and try it just, I mean, not that they're coming because they're not coming because they get a bad gate pick, but I think it would work a little bit better if, if we had something to, to kind of be competitive against in practice.
1: Yeah. I've always wanted to do the two moto, do the pro race hour and a half on Saturday and the hour and a half on Sunday. That'd be cool. That'd be a It'd lot be, of ride With no practice. Uh, yeah. With no practice. With no practice. We get done classified with like two laps or whatever we get. Just make sure your bike's running good and then just right into a race. I
0: agree. I agree. Like that.
1: would pretty cool.
2: It'd be well, interesting because nobody knows the course. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know the course off two laps, but you don't know. Well, the first don't know race, race might
1: race. be different than the second race. Now that yeah. everybody knows you can make a couple of changes.
2: Yep. And if, you know, you have a bad first moto and you can make up for it in the second moto, kind of just like yeah. motocross, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool.
0: Well, we used to race all the works races with no practice. That's nuts. <laughs> you roll up.
2: GNC, GNCC, they don't, they don't get a practice.
0: Yeah, we, we. Uh, you could walk the track the day mm-hmm. before and yep. there was moto practice so you'd know the motocross track that was attached but other than that you'd drop the green flag and you head off into the brick and wherever mm-hmm. and follow the follow the banners
1: you know know that? all the- that's a difference i see between the bikes and the quads is like almost the whole pro class of the bikes will go out and walk the course or e-bike it
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: don't really ever really see the the quad guys out walking it
2: I walked the Glen Helen track. Mhm. That was the only one I walked and I walked the MX such section of both both the the last two but I that's a lot to walk. Yeah. <laughs> if I would do it on an e-bike but I I don't know that I would walk the whole course. But I walked
1: from, the uh the Mesquite race and that was a long walk. <laughs> that was a
2: long that was a long course. Yeah. <laughs> that's but I know I know in the GNCC world they don't they don't walk it they all every single pro has an e-bike so they'll all go out and e-bike the whole course and then they just race which i don't even know expensive though oh yeah (laughs) five grand for a bike (laughs) yeah but i don't understand how you could even remember a a course only mountain biking at one lap i I don't know yeah i don't remember a works um... course after a a, a whole practice i don't really Mm -hmm. memorize the course until halfway through the race
1: (laughs) yeah if you if you pay attention to like someone like Taylor Roberts, like he, that dude does his homework and Dante's doing it now too. And it's definitely showing results, but like they go, they go out around the course, maybe five, six times during a weekend on their e-bikes. And mm-hmm. then they always have these little, I know Taylor will like stack rocks like where he sees a good line and stuff like nice. that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably easier to find weird lines like that on bikes versus yeah. the quads. But um, yeah, okay. Were you Did, taking that one
2: line out of the trophy truck track by the telephone pole, up on the dry side before, before the wall? Yeah. Were you? I, I, not, not many people in the back were doing it. Really? Yeah. Hunter wasn't doing it. Joey wasn't doing it. Sloan wasn't doing it. Kenny wasn't yes. doing it. I was. I seen like, the arrows was up on the uh, the arrows were on the telephone pole. Yeah. Legal. So I was like, hell yeah! yeah let's do I it. saw I saw the line, and I was like, I'm just gonna go for that. It's way yeah. faster.
1: You just dropped back into the track, and it was yeah.
2: good. Yeah, I didn't know if anybody else was doing it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask
0: you this. When I, right after the scoring shoot, the width of the track is the width of the track. And in the pro bike race, you could see where the bikes just shaved off a bunch of that turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that legal?
1: As long as it's in between the two orange pins, then it's legal. So again, if you cool. pass a double pin... And you can go off the track, and then as long as you make it in for the next double pin, it's legal. uh, so you did-
0: they just almost straighten that whole thing out.
1: Yeah, the bikes we really play with the pins. Like you'll see, the, like the defined course where the blade marks are and stuff. But if the pins are two feet off each side, you can hop over that blade mark and ride right there, where a lot of the amateurs won't ride, and that that'll be like a little smooth line where you can grab a drink of water. Or, take a couple of deep breaths before you hop back into the whoops
2: dude i'll tell you what drinking water while you're riding is tough
1: it's weird to get used to dude, it's
2: so weird it's like so plan. Weird.
1: every lap i plan a spot on the track that's the spot i'm getting water
2: it's so weird it's mm-hmm. it's it's like i don't know i like just stick the camel back in my mouth and i just like heavily breathe and like water hits my <laughs> mouth and that's what i get and i just drop it yeah but it's weird it's definitely different i did not expect it to be as hard <laughs> of a task as it is yeah
1: it was uh because i i came from moto when i was a kid i did like loretta's and all that stuff on bikes and i never had to use the camel pack and then yeah. i started racing and i'm like halfway through the race i'm like dang i could really use a drink right now <laughs> and then like using it i'd always forget about it i'd wear it i'd set it up ride with the extra weight and then i'd never drink yeah. it so yeah. now i like i try to find a spot on the track where i know i don't need both hands and i could usually it's a fast section yeah like um like mesquite was every time i hit the street i'd get a drink mm. yeah, you no can man. only do like one speed right there so it wasn't yeah. too bad there's nothing where it pitch me off or anything. So yeah. I'd get a drink there every single lap. And then I would just kind of just
2: ran it. I kind of just ran randomly do it. Yeah. I just, I just throw it in randomly and try to get as much of it as I can. But I, Bo has like a, a motor in his, all he's got to do is squeeze in it and it shoots it into his mouth. Yeah. I've seen those before. Yeah. I want one of those. Those are a cool. lot easier.
1: Does, it, does he have the button on his bars?
2: No, you just squeeze the mouthpiece and it squeezes it into his mouth.
1: They have the system where you have like the hose. Like right in front of your mouth, and then you could hit a button on your handlebar, just open and your then mouth just shoot it in. It. Yeah.
2: That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a challenging task that I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's come a long way since I raced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, uh, we always care. I always carried water, but I very seldom drank.
2: Yeah. I don't know how they, and I see people in the pits, they put the tube in the bottle and they, they hand them off like water bottles i don't mm-hmm. think i could even i don't go through my camel pack
1: i always end up squeezing those too hard and then it gets my glove wet
2: yeah then you get more blisters yeah more than more than you already need <laughs> exactly.
0: you, you talked about the blister thing earlier
2: yeah yeah my hands get, get real <laughs> chewed up real chewed up blisters in places that i've never gotten blisters before. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's just because it's such a long moto or if I'm holding on too tight, I I don't I don't know. I feel like I'm holding on as normal as I ever would, but I'm getting the, the blisters are, are gnarly. Well
0: <laughs> maybe we should check your grips or relax your relax a little. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah, I I want to get some undergloves too to try those out because I know a lot of people swear by undergloves, but that's what Hagsma uses. Yeah. Well I tried a pair of his. And they were a little too thick. But Moose makes a pair that are a little thinner, so I was going to try those out. But Okay. Yeah. If we I don't know
0: what is up with you. Up. You just ride with no gloves. It's easier.
2: Dude, Dylan Zimmerman, you remember? He used to ride with no gloves. I rode with no gloves, too. That's, in, that's insanity.
1: Yeah. I think my hands would be slipping off.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> my hands would hurt four minutes in.
1: You have to get those old, like, the Scott grips with the, like, inch-deep waffles on them. <laughs> Remember those? They were like three bucks.
2: Oh yeah. You ever ridden with Honda grips? Like the ones. OEM ones. Yeah. Like the plastic ones they give you.
0: And those those real hard hard Honda grips. Yeah. That's yep. what I used to race with, with no gloves with
2: no gloves. Yeah. You you could hold on. Yeah.
0: No problem. <laughs> That's, That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like diamond grip.
0: Yeah dude it was no problem i still ride with no gloves i i, I hate gloves i can't do it i was riding pande vu and i got pulled in for a penalty for no gloves really yep I had, to, I had to cut a pair of gloves and cut the whole inside palm portion out and the part way up the fingers just so they slide over the fingertip just so i had that <laughs> outer cover on and ride without them. that's yeah. that's crazy when I went and rode the, uh, uh, race in Canada, the 12 hours in Canada, the guy said, you, you won't even be able to ride an hour.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, I had four or five hours of riding, you know, plus all the t- shock testing time the day, the day before the race, and not hmm. a problem, not a blister.
2: Dang.
1: That's wild. It's impressive. I feel like they keep making the gloves thinner.
2: Yeah, they do hundred percent. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, because
0: real men don't need gloves. Come on, guys.
2: Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think I will stick with my gloves. Yeah, gloves, thumb throttles, and skirts all go together.
1: Yeah, twist throttles.
2: Yeah, I know you. There's <laughs> a, there was three people at Prim that used twist.
1: Yeah, me, Bo, and who's the third? Hunter. Dane? No, Dane's got the thumb throttle.
2: Oh yeah, and Hunter. Well, Hunter Hart had twist throttle too oh does he yeah okay really yeah i didn't yeah there's not many people i'm the only person that i can think of in the mx world that does it is johnny hale Hmm. really yeah everybody else uses thumb
0: i remember when it was all twist throttle
2: yeah i don't i don't know that i could do it i'd probably whiskey throttle can you ride a two-wheeler i can ride one can i do it well not so much you ride with a twist throttle or do you put one of those i ride it with a twist throttle yeah then you can has a thumb throttle on his bike does he i've ridden a bike with a thumb throttle i like it a little bit better but i don't i don't know that i would change my throttle on a dirt bike if i had one i
1: feel like i get whiskey throttle with the thumb throttle
2: see i feel the same way about a a twist (laughs) i lean back the wrong way i'm wide open
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: come on now this is this is hilarious (laughs) too hilarious we're supposed to be talking about prim and we're talking about everything but that is too funny uh speaking of prim jacob had you ever ridden any any dirt like that or any uh, the way the sand is there
2: um yeah i I think it was pretty similar to mesquite honestly really i didn't think it was much different um if anything it it was a little bit more dry but um the dirt in texas is very similar to that real powdery and and like not even like dry it's just kind of like baby powder on the ground so and some of the and some of that
0: spots i thought used to think that it was pretty coarse yeah large granulars of sand versus some of the stuff that's in mesquite is pretty fine
2: yeah yeah because
0: you, know, you get back in the back and mesquite uh closer to the creek and that that that's just so fine yeah yeah,
2: yeah Mesquite was insane can't
1: ride with your mouth open there
2: no why
1: because it just like you get a of sand <laughs> it's so powdery
2: full of sand
1: yeah
2: <laughs> how bad were the whoops
1: if okay. i feel like they were shaped weird like every whoop your bumper would hit real hard
2: yeah they were super hard to ride through and i know like you know the difference in whoops are like you know sharp edges versus like a a, a flowy Section so like you couldn't really find flow at mesquite at least i didn't think i could find like a a solid flow to where it would take a little bit off you um but yeah it was tough it was a tough race it wasn't
1: like havasu where you could kind of just lean back and get through through yeah it was real like abrupt
2: yeah very deep and scratched Mm -hmm. but the trophies, i mean not the utvs go out there and they tear that track up and I know, <laughs> I know they groom it, but man, do they tear that track up! Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think the UTVs would have done to Prim?
2: Uh,
1: I don't know. I if mean, it, it or probably works. still would have been smoother. Yeah, Just because every bump would have been in line with each other. Yeah. Really. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe some of the corners would have got deeper just because they dig so deep.
0: But the yeah. but the bikes just make it that much more difficult for you guys.
2: It's just because of the staggered, the staggeredness in the, in in the track. Mm -hmm. That's what made it the toughest. I mean, it was just hard to hold on to, going through bumps like that. I mean, our quads are built for, you know, when we dial suspension in, we're, we're dialing in, you know, equal suspension front and rear, not side to side. And I know there's a lot of adjustment you can do side to side, but I mean, we don't really touch it much because most of the tracks we ride on are, are, you know, equal roughness across the track.
0: So, you were appreciating your steering dampener, too,
2: oh yeah, big time. I think I could have stiffened mine a little bit. I think that would have helped a little bit
0: wow wow yeah that's that's pretty awesome, gentlemen. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about the race report. Uh, we're going to get this thing published right away in uh, uh a t v talk and uh, oh, I do have this question uh when you I know this isn't for you, unfortunately, Jacob, like you were being the good son, but Travis, when you were standing there on Saturday with all the other ATV guys, um, what were some of the things that the cross-country guys were saying to you guys, um, and what did get Bo so riled up?
1: I think Bo got riled up just because they were coming in on – I mean, I'd say Works was his series at the moment, Um, and then – I mean, it would be hard in his position not to take it personal to have somebody come race our stuff from the East Coast, and uh, so I feel like he just wanted to defend, defend his title and, I mean, defend the the West Coast on the track. Um, some of the stuff, I mean, I feel like they were kind of joking around, like real friendly, but uh, you could definitely tell everybody wants everybody wants to do good. And
0: so you just think it was just Bo wanting to show his superiority for the off-road series.
1: Yeah. He, he he wanted to, he does he doesn't want to give it to them. You know what I mean? And uh, we're all here to race. So I I think he it just revved him up to go out there and do a little bit better than what he planned. For sure.
0: That's true. If Joel comes back and races Havasu or Mesquite, um do you think the Do you think, in your opinion, that the outcome would be the same?
1: I don't know. Um, I think if he raced Mesquite or Havasu, it might be a little bit closer race with Bo, or possibly one of the other guys that are in the top five. Um, but I mean, Joel's—I I follow him on Instagram, and he's actually one of the guys that I would study when I started learning how to ride quads. I'm still learning, but i mean i study his instagram all the time i watch his videos on youtube so i can't take anything away from that guy he's he's an animal on the bike and but coming to from moto to the off-road i don't know if he'd be able to do the pace as long on some of the rougher courses but i mean i couldn't take it away from him i know i know he'd do good either or
0: i think so too i think the guy's a phenomenal talent jacob what do you think about that topic
2: Um, I think he would definitely, definitely give Bo a run for his money at at the bare minimum. Um, I know it would definitely be a little bit tougher, but, um, I I don't, I don't know. I think, I think there's a chance that it could be the same outcome as, as Glen Helen, maybe a little bit of a closer finish, uh, maybe a little bit more of a tighter battle throughout the whole race, but I don't think Joel would, would, I don't think he would get as, as fatigued as, as people would think coming from a motocross background. Um, you know, he, you know, it's his full-time job training and riding every day. So, you know, he's just as much in shape as, as anybody, even though he doesn't train for an hour and a half, but he's still, he's still a monster on a four-wheeler.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He spends an awful lot of time on the back of a four-wheeler and mm-hmm. I, I'm thoroughly impressed. I really love watching the, I think, I think Bo rides more like Chad. Mm-hmm. You know he stands up. He's he's not wasting inner energy. Uh, he's methodical. He picks his lines. He just makes it look so smooth and easy. And then you look at like guys like Mike and and Joel, Mike Sloan and Joel. They are climbing all over that quad, and they're using one side of the course to the other. There's a big roost, you know, in the turns, and and you're just gosh, they're just so fast. And, and, I mean, I'm not saying Mike's not fast, but, dude, the energy they burn is incredible. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. And from watching and riding with both Chad and Bo, Bo is a very similar riding style to Chad. And even though he might not go as fast as Chad would on on a motocross track, but their styles are, are very comparable.
0: Well, I mean, and Bo was that way when he was younger. Yeah. You know, when he was in his early 30s, his, his, uh, he was a little less conservative with his energy but because he was younger. But now it, it, I think that it's part of his strategy. Like you said, in the beginning of the race, he was super fast. Mm-hmm. Well, he is super fast for a period of time, and he wants to mentally break whoever is challenging him you know, a great I mean, strategy.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> if you were that guy, that's the, what you would do. Yeah,
2: no, for sure. Or sprint sprint as long as I could until I was, you know, a, a good gap to where I could tune it down.
0: Yeah. And then, and, and that's kind of what he does. Yeah. He gets a gap and then he just cruises to the finish line. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, Fun to watch. I like you. Never got to see him race Davy, and he would push Davy, push Davy, push Davy. And for the first hour or forty-five minutes, it was Davy in front and Bo just pushing him. And then Davy'd make a mistake or something that happened. Bo get by, and Bo take off.
2: You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that happens in the MX world as well with Joel and Chad. There's many races where, you know, Chad's beating on the door, beating on the door, beating on the door until, you know. Joel's riding style kind of sometimes bites him in the ass and, you know, Chad will capitalize and throw the checkered flag. But then again, even with Davy and Bo, it was, you know, roles were reversed where you know Joel's all over Chad and just kind of recklessly makes the pass and here's the finish. So very, very, there's a lot of similarities in the two series with, with competitors and styles of riders.
0: Okay. Let's, let's talk predictions for next year you know, Logan's going to be coming off of an injury, so it's going to be tough for him to work himself into a top three spot. Um, Jacob, you're going to have a better feel for it. Uh, Travis, you have a full season under your belt now, and you have, you're developing, um, you know, Mike Sloan. Uh, I don't know if Evan's coming back. Uh, I haven't heard one way or another.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, from what he's told me, he's, kind of at the point where he's doing it for fun so if it's kind of like oh i want to go race this weekend then he's going to show up but i don't know that he's going to be a a consistent face at every single round
0: right right so there's four or five of you guys that can could put a a, you know put a thread in um what's your breakdown predictions
2: um i mean for myself i'm just gonna you know, my goals for next year are to start getting on the podium. Um, gotta work my way up and hopefully take a couple wins. Um, but I'm gonna start low, start start getting some marks on the podium. And you know, I know Travis is gonna be ripping and I was gonna be fast. Mike's gonna be fast. Uh, Logan's gonna be there. You know, even if he's not there in the beginning, he's gonna get there. Um, you know, I know I talked to Kenny. He's he he's gonna be working hard and gonna be a good competition next year. I'm excited to see. How it all unfolds.
1: Yeah, can think, it? go ahead, Travis? I think it's definitely gonna be uh more stacked than the past years as a class. Because everybody everybody from the last couple races I did last year and then this season, I can see everybody progressing. So I think it's definitely gonna be more and more challenging. But um the last two races I've gotten to follow Bo for a couple of laps and I'm definitely gonna have him in my sights for next year and try to get something, something going towards him, make that 10th championship hard for him. That's what I like to hear. <laughs>
0: That's what I like to hear. Thanks for the extra time, guys. Um, I really appreciate you coming on ATV Talk. And this was the Prim Round 10 World Off-Road Championship Series Race Review with Jacob Stevens and Travis Damon. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great Thank night team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback, please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
1: Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees, screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center, with over 17 years' experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International.
1: More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We field winners.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget
2: to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV talk news. I'll see you next time.